Thanks for checking out the Renew Life Church podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that today's message encourages you. Thank you, Pastor. Hey, everybody, how y'all doing? As you can tell, I'm from south of here, south of anywhere. That's right. I'm originally from Alabama, and, uh, you know, you can't help where you're born, but you can have the sense to move. And uh, I uh, was born in Alabama, moved to Mississippi, married a Mississippi girl. You know, the girl, uh, Mississippi's the only state that has more Miss Americas than Texas. And uh, so that's, you know, it was either Texas or Miss America to go to choose a wife. So I went to Mississippi, and uh, I married up, and only the Lord knows what she did to get me, but uh, rough childhood or something. Uh, but uh, it's kind of great. Uh, lived in Oklahoma for a bunch of years, and, uh, you know, the thing about Oklahoma, they might beat you in football every once in a while, but the truth is uh, when they grow up, they want to be Texas. Yeah, if they ever grow up. So that's all I know about that. But uh, I live in Tennessee now. Uh, my ex has lived in Texas, so that's why I moved to Tennessee. Uh, uh, I live in Nashville, but I'm not bashful. So it's just great to be here. What an honor to talk about parenting. How many of you are parents? Woohoo! Way to go. Good job. How many of you uh, want to be parents one day? How many of you had parents? Okay, just checking. So this really has something to do with everyone. And, uh, you know, parenting is God's plan. When you think about it, you know, I know we think about, uh, you know, the responsibility of physically taking care of children. But have you ever thought that it's a spiritual responsibility as well? And you think about God's one and only son, Jesus. Father God desired that Jesus have parents as well. And one of the reasons when we read about Jesus at 12 and we see uh, his relationship with God, favor with God, favor with man, wisdom, yes, there was physical things involved in that, but we see that it was really the parents. And as we read that story and coming up uh, in a few months on Christmas, we'll talk a lot about Mary and Joseph, but they were handpicked to be the parents of Jesus. And I think that wasn't just to, to physically nurture him, but to put in what needed to be in him. Wasn't it amazing when they, uh, you know, and all parents make mistakes. Mary and Joseph lost the Son of God. Uh, let's think about that for just a minute. Uh, where is the Son of God? Thought you had him, man. It sounds like church. And uh, uh, they finally get back, and what did Jesus say? Didn't you know where I'd be? Didn't you know where I'd be? This is what you put into me. This is, didn't you know? And I love it. Well, you know, people say, oh, I don't know if I want to go to church. Well, Jesus did. And the Bible says that on the Sabbath, he went to the synagogue as it was his custom. And that was something that was put into Jesus at an early age. And so to me, um, it's important that we understand that this role of being a parent is more than just giving birth, more than just being physically uh, in charge of the nurturement. But there's a spiritual uh, part of that for well. How many of you, be honest this morning, how many of you want better for your kids than you had it? 
I mean, we make sacrifices for education. We make sacrifices for all kinds of stuff. We want our kids to live in a bigger house one day, drive a better car, have, make more money. Uh, I mean, we even want them to marry somebody cuter than we did. Uh, but as we look at uh, spiritual things, I like to say it this way. Why do we want better for our kids in every area except one? And in spiritual things, we settle for just as spiritual as mom or dad or just not bad. And I think that it's okay, just like you desire better this, better that, better this. Why can't our kids grow up to be spiritual dynamos? Why can't they be more spiritual than us like everything else? And again, you, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And so our key is to aim towards our children uh, having more in every area, including spiritual things. Uh, I'll never forget the day I became a dad. I was uh, at the delivery room at the hospital hanging out with my wife, and uh, I was, uh, I'll never forget it. I was standing there by her head, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, there was a lot of pushing going on, and the next thing I knew the doctor looked at me and said three little words that changed my life forever. It's a girl. Immediately, my whole view of the American dating system changed instantly. And I remember looking at my wife and saying, all men are jerks. And she said, what are you? I said, I'm a father. It was a Lion King moment before the Lion King. That's what that was crazy. I didn't know Lion King moment, or I would have dangled her off a cliff as long as DHS wasn't looking and said, hun, yeah, hun, yeah, you know. Uh, but uh, it was amazing. Then four years later, I was hanging out in another city in another delivery room by my wife, and uh, the doctor said it again. And uh, it has been the greatest joy of my life to raise girls who knew the difference between a man of God and a jerk. And if I didn't want them to marry a jerk, I needed to be a man of God and show them uh, what I wanted them to marry. Also, I think it's important, you know, there's no guarantees in life. There's no guarantees in marriage. But one thing I can say for my son-in-law, uh, I am convinced that he is as crazy about my daughter as I am her mother. And that's really the greatest thing you can do. And so uh, you measure those things. And this is what I want you to understand. What you teach and train your children about God makes all the difference. It's not enough to say God is good. They need to catch that from you. It's not enough for, you know, all a stronghold is is believing wrong information. And a lot of times people have a hard time with Father God because they compare Father God to their earthly father. I realized if I wanted to teach my girls about God as a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, I needed to spend more time catching them do things right and reward them for that than just constantly tell them what was wrong. When they were teenagers, I would uh, go to... Uh, where they told me they were go, going after youth group, and I'd see if they were actually there. And I'd see them with their friends, and I'd just pick up the tab and say, would you give this note to that girl over there, tell the waiter, and just say, thanks for being where you said you were, and I paid for everybody's meal. Uh, you know, the good thing about Texas and, and uh, 
you know, if you go to the movie theater and tell the guy at the front your daughter is in there and you just want to go see if she's okay, they'll let you in. Uh, they understand that totally. And so, as is, you know, that's the same way where I lived. And I just, I just, if my kids were on a date or going on a movie, I'd just go see and I'd tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, thanks for being there. Um, and, and so, you know, Father God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And we need to be the same way. First time I ever went to an Urban Outfitters. I'll never forget it. Uh, I was in California. My kids were teenagers. is before they had them uh, on this side of the world. And I went in there, and it was before, you know, tattoos and, and piercings was, you know, uh, in and just mainly runaways. Uh, it just, and that's what the store looked like to me. It looked like runaways on parade. And uh, I went in there, and uh, it was just crazy. And so I uh, went outside and gave each of my daughters afterwards a $100 bill. And they said, what's that for? And I said, thank you for not putting me through uh, what all these kids put their parents through. See, it's important that you catch your children doing things right. And that's also their walk with the Lord. And so kids who get help at school have an advantage. How many educators are in the house? You know that kids that get help with math and reading and science and all these things, they have an advantage over those that don't. Why is that not true with spiritual things? Why can't we take that time at home and let them see you in prayer? Let them see you not just praying at mealtime. I'm talking about praying through. You know the difference? Amen. You get noisy, get on your face, holler, scream, suck rug. I mean, get after it. And so one of those things that uh, they need to see you quoting God's Word. God's Word needs to come out of your mouth, and they see that on a regular basis. They need to see which Scripture was the basis for the big decision that you made. And I include my kids in there in that decision because that's how I train them to do things when I'm not around. And so it's important that we understand that what happens at home. Now, home is important to God. Did you know that God established the home before any other institution, even the church? Now, we know Jesus loves the church, but he also loves the home. And the family, the reason it's under attack so is because it's so important to God. In fact, there is nothing like the love of a family. There is nothing like that heartbeat of God. I really believe that's what the family is. It's like red. When you think of Valentine's Day or love, you think about red. And uh, again, uh, red is, is important. But we also know that the church is the hope of the world. It's the light of the world. It represents Jesus. He's married to the church. And so it is yellow. Now what happens when red and yellow start hanging out together? No. The lone LSU fan. Sorry. Oh, TCU. I, I forgot where I was. Okay. Uh, but I want you to see something. It's orange. And when you see orange, and this church uses some uh, materials and things in our children's ministry that are come from a company called Orange. And it's just a, uh, a metaphor to just help you understand that the church and the home need to play well together. It's not enough for the church to do all the spiritual training. 
The home has to get involved. I'll be honest with you. You have more time than we do at church. Uh, listen, you never skip home, but you skip church on a regular basis. And as we look at different things that happen, it's important that we understand that two influences working together are more powerful than just two influences. And so in your life and my life, it's time that we use some of that time, parents, that we have with our children to talk about spiritual things. And so, again, that's what Deuteronomy 6 is all about. If you have your Bibles, uh, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. It says, These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. How many of you know when you point to your kids, there's three more fingers looking back at you? Amen. These, these commands I give you are to be upon your hearts and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. The first thing that I want to talk to you about is if you want to put spiritual things in your kids, you have to be an example. Don't raise your hand in case your parents are in the room. But uh, how many of you were raised in environments that do as I say, not as I do? I'll be honest with you. Uh, my generation, we grew our hair out three feet and shot the peace sign, and we didn't like it. Uh, uh, and what's crazy is kids today do the same thing, except growing their hair out, they cut theirs off. You know, I'm, I'm speaking the Word of God over the top of my head, and they're just shaving theirs off. I don't understand it. Uh, they don't shoot the peace sign. They shoot their neighborhood. And the same thing that's got them upset about is the same thing that got us upset. One set of rules for one group and another set for somebody else. But yet God's Word says, come follow me as I follow the Lord. And so somewhere we have to be willing to be an example. We have to be an example to believe God. When things are, are, are tough rather than lose it, Let's believe God. Uh, let's show them what we need to do. What do we need to be an example of? Well, we need to be an example of God's Word. We need to be an example of Jesus. Uh, again, I think it's important that uh, we share what Jesus would do and what Jesus has done and everything about Jesus and model that behavior to our children. Uh, how to live. How many of you know show is so much better than tell? And it's important that we show kids. I love Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. It says, fathers, we're called out here, guys, sorry. Uh, this must, the Lord must have known this was going to be a problem for the ages, so we're called out in the Scripture. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Uh, I went to public school in Alabama College in Mississippi, so I look up the definitions to a lot of words. Uh, I'm educationally challenged. Uh, and uh, that word, what it really means is to rub raw. And so fathers, don't rub your children raw. Uh, if you have teenagers, that's easier to do. Uh, you know, us dads, we try to, we just want to help. Honey, do you know you have a zit right there? Uh, Dad, I know that. It's, it's right before prom. I think I know. I have, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I just got called out on that and, and forgot about it. But instead, what do we do, dads? Bring them up in training and instruction of the Lord. What is the definition of training? Is it why do Christians believe and confuse the word training with verbal instruction? 
We have a little talk with somebody and call that training. Yet you go on any secular job where there's training involved, and they're going to show you what to do. They're going to model it. You need to watch. Then they're going to allow you to do it under supervision. There's going to be correction, and there'll be discussion. There'll be explanation. It is a process, not verbal instruction. And this is what I want you to see. We are to train up our children in the way they should go. Do this, do this, do this. Here's what you can do. I was walking around downstairs, and I saw a couple of really sharp teenagers helping in the children's ministry. And I asked uh, Pastor Jason, I says, tell me about their parents. Do they serve in the church? And he said, oh, yeah. Told me about what the mom does. Told me about what the dad does. Here's someone who's training their children in the way they should go. Rather than just say, when you grow up, you ought to be a blessing. Uh, Be a blessing right now and show them how to do it. And it's important that we train and show. And this is the best way that I know to parent. Let's look at Deuteronomy 6 again. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts and press them on your children. Which brings us to the second point, which is be intentional and consistent. If you're going to impress something on your children, how many of you know that is not an accident? That's something that you meant to do. It's intentional behavior. It's behavior done with full pressure and force to leave a mark. That's what an impression is. It leaves a mark. It leaves something. It's something that you meant to do. Now, I know a lot of people that uh, are really strict parents, and I know a lot of parents who are very lenient. And you know what makes them a good parent is not that they're lenient or strict. It's that they're consistent. And they don't confuse their children on what the words, uh, on, on uh, really uh, what the rules are. They're able to see firsthand from their consistency. And so it's important that we be intentional. And it's also important that we be consistent. Deuteronomy chapter 6, it goes on to say about the time, morning, night, when you go somewhere and when you're at the house. Think about that for just a minute. That's every bit of time you have with your children. Now, I don't think you're supposed to just use all of it for, uh, you know, talking about the Lord. But shouldn't he deserve some of it? Shouldn't we ask about their day and, you know, how's it going? How can I pray for you today? What am I believing God for? We start the first of the year every year by asking Uh, the Lord, what you're believing for, and we pray for it as a family. And uh, my grandson, how many of you have grandkids? Boy, hang in there uh, if you don't have them. Uh, If you don't kill the first bunch, they'll make you some babies. And I'm telling you, it is awesome. Uh, Grandkids are the the reward for not killing the first bunch. And uh, I tell you what, I love my grandkids. I wish I could have had them first. And uh, uh, I'm such a better granddad. It's amazing how much quicker I close the laptop now. I've got a second chance to redeem myself. And the minute my grandkids come over, bam, it's playtime, not work time. They're just going to be there for just a little bit or go to sleep in a minute. And uh, so I can hang in there uh, till the baby goes to sleep, get on the floor and have a big time. But I start that time with prayer 
and I end that time with prayer. They come over in my chair, and we pray. And I just, I, I, I'm thankful for every minute that I get with them, but it's a reminder of how intentional I need to be. Uh, I don't, you're not always promised tomorrow, so let's make today the best we can intentional to raise up our kids. Um, again, uh, from the time a child is born to they graduate from high school, uh, that you have 936 weeks as a parent. Don't you love people that just count stuff? Uh, but again, that's how much time you have. Uh, if you never miss church, and we know that you do, uh, and that child comes to church from the time they're born to they graduate from high school, we have 14 weeks at church. 14, you know, looking at 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We have 14 weeks to teach them about God. And you're going to have to take some of that 936, not all of it, but some of it you're going to have to use to talk about spiritual things in the morning, at night, when you go somewhere, thank God for playlists and, and things that we can put in Christian music. And again, uh, uh, how many of you have downloaded the Parent Q app? If you haven't and you have kids at this church, you need to put in their age, and it will show you exactly what they're talking about. There'll be a video you can watch. Uh, you can watch that with your kids and talk about it. There's a playlist and songs that can go in the car, on the iPod. And again, as we look at all these different things, it's just a, a way that you can know what's happening at church and then practice that in morning, night, when you go somewhere and when you're at the house and talk about spiritual things. And so, again, uh, I have that app on for my grandkids. And uh, every week I look at that, there's my oldest grandson, Sparrow. His name's Sparrow Rocket. The baby's name Rhythm Gold. Uh, what's crazy is that's not the weird daughter. Uh, and uh, so, you know, I was telling them last night, you know, you go into any restaurant in Texas or, the, or anywhere where I live in Tennessee and you see old men eating breakfast together, and what people don't realize what they're talking about is how weird their grandkids' names are. And, uh, but uh, Spara uh, is 614 weeks into graduation, uh, uh, left with him. Old Rhythm, uh, we got 873 weeks with him. And so it just kind of gives you a visual reminder of you don't have all the time in the world. And the time that you can spend with your kids, the time that you can put in uh, to them is so important. Because how do kids learn best? Repetition. How many of you have ever had to tell your kids to do something more than one time? And I don't know when in the 147 times you've told them to do something that it kicks in, but it will. And repetition not only works in cleaning your room, it also works in the things of God and walking out those things. So you need to be intentional, you need to be consistent, and you need to map that out morning, night, when you go somewhere, and when you stay at home. And let's be honest. Uh, why don't our mobile devices have a bedtime? Why don't we just click them suckers off? Uh, I, I have, uh, there's some no-fly zones at my house. Uh, we still rock it old school. We eat dinner. We have a family dinner once a week uh, that all our kids come to. Even if you picked it up in the drive-thru, you can eat it at the table. 
and you all get together, and uh, no devices. I have a little basket that even my grown kids at 37 and 33 put their mobile devices in that basket. And we just rock it old school and actually talk to one another. We laugh, we have a big time, and then, you know, as soon as it's over, everybody makes a mad dash to the ba basket to see, you know, what somebody else had for lunch on Instagram. Uh, and so... You know, that important stuff that really matters in life. Uh, and so it's important that we walk that out. Circle by Disney is a great tool. You can get at Walmart, Target, or, you know, the younger you are, you're too cool for Walmart. Uh, you have to go Target. And, uh, and again, you can get that for a little more money at Target. And uh, it actually goes on your network and you can turn devices off in certain areas, have bedtimes, control certain things. And uh, again, it's just a great way to keep your kids safe online. So again, we want to be intentional. We want to be consistent. Deuteronomy 6, these commandments I give you today are to be upon your heart and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. It's basically all about making time for your kids and tell them your God story. I'll never forget when both of my grandsons were born. Uh, you know, everybody's, everybody kin to you is at the hospital during the birth. But especially if people are out of town, they want to go do something after the baby shows up. And so uh, both times I just sat there real quiet, played my cards. And sure enough, uh, my uh, son-in-law's parents, who I call the Falkers, uh, they, uh, uh, they, the Falkers left. Uh, all these other people went to go do things around. Um, and I was left alone with my daughter and the baby. And both times this happened, my daughter looked at me and said, Dad, do you mind babysitting for a minute and let me take a bath? Sure, honey, go take a bath for three hours. You know, I was excited about that uh, because I wanted to be able to tell my grandsons some things that I knew nobody had told them yet. Uh, first of all, I wanted to tell them about Jesus. And I, I told them, says, anybody mention Jesus to y'all? Uh, you know, they've been on the earth almost 24 hours. I thought they needed to know about Jesus. And, and so I told him about Jesus. I told him what he'd done for me, told him what he had done for Gigi. I told him about their, their mama's God story, their daddy's God story, Aunt Wu, uh, her, her God story. I just told him about everybody's God story that I could come up with. I told him what football team we yelled for. I told him some other bits of history I thought they needed to know. Uh, being from the deep south, I wanted to tell them my side of the story uh, and uh, some other things. But I want you to understand something. Your kids need your stories. The things you've gone through and the things that the people in the Bible have gone through. Sometimes knowing what not to do is just as valuable as knowing what to do. They need to know your God story. Think about Jewish feast days. Think about Jewish holidays. Do you know you can wrap up every one of those into these two things God said? Remember what I did for you here and teach it to your kids. Why do we not tell God stories? Why do we not tell our kids about the healings, about when I didn't have a job and, and God brought me a better job? I thought it was the end of the world. And again, it's time to tell your God stories and those answered prayer to your kids and remind them, you need to remember what the Lord has done 
But you need to teach it to your kids. And they need to understand that God story. And the same God that took care of G and GG are going to take care of you the longest day that you live. And it's important that you spend that time talking about what happened. I have to remind my kids of times that God has answered prayer. Sometimes they come home and tell me they're facing a giant. And I have to remind them of lions and bears. And I don't know about you, but I wasn't as spiritual as David. I didn't start off with lions and bears. I started off with the roach and the rat and moved up to the cat and a few other things before I could even take on lions and bears. And so I want to tell those stories to my kids. I want to spend that time. Again, Ephesians 5, 15 and 16, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Why? Because the days are evil. So when I have an opportunity to talk about the Lord and remind my kids and my grandkids how Jesus has shown up in our family, I want to take that responsibility. Listen, you don't have to be a theologian to just tell you God's story, what God has done for you. All you need to do is just say, all I know is I had a need and he met it. All I know is the doctor gave me a good report and Dr. Jesus fixed it. And all I know is that the Lord has never failed me. And he's always been there. And someday you're going to be a parent and you're not going to know what to do either. And if you'll call, God will show you. And he'll answer and he'll teach you. And again, they need those stories. So again, your kids need your parents. In fact, they're counting on you. They need your example. They need your consistency. They need your time. And they need your stories. Now, this is what I know. We mess up. One of the things I asked my kids, I said, what stuck out to you and how your mom and me raised you? And they said, you would admit when you were wrong, and you would ask us to forgive you, and you'd point out how you didn't do Scripture so that we could understand from your example of admitting when you're wrong. And listen, we serve a God that's the God of a second chance. If you're doing all these things, don't give up. But if you're not doing these, I'm not here to beat you up. I'm here to tell you that today's a good time to start. Galatians 6 chapter 9 says, don't become tired of doing what is good, but at the proper time, we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. So today, I'm here to tell you two things before I leave. Don't give up. Don't give up doing these things. And let us as the church help your family. Let's be a team. Let's not just be a destination on the weekend. Let us be a team that tells your kids, listen, your kids need to be in church because those folks that teach them are telling them the exact same thing that you tell them at home, and it's really making you look smarter. Because all of a sudden they say, well, man, dad's not as dumb as I thought he was. Miss so-and-so said the same thing dad told me on Tuesday. And I want you to see something. We need each other. We're on each other's team. 
And so today, be the parent that your kids need spiritually as well as physically. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you for these wonderful folks. Thank you for the task that you've given us to be the parents you want us to be. And Lord, today, even if we've made mistakes, you're the God of a second chance. And Lord, we know that if we repent, you'll forgive us. You'll help us. You'll help us to be able to right that wrong and change what we're doing. And Lord, I thank you today for your word that's true. May we hide it in your heart, our hearts, and walk it out in the days to come. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, our app is available for download so that you can stay up to date. Again, we are so glad you joined us. If you're in the Midland-Odessa area, we invite you to come be our guest at one of our services. Have a great day, and we hope to see you soon.